40 Lessons, episode 33 of the 40 Lessons podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out 40 Lessons. Each episode, we highlight a nonprofit or an event in our community that's connected to a really great mission. This episode, we are highlighting Spark and their Summer Stars Touring Ensemble. They are going to be performing Bye Bye Birdie all throughout the community. Want to make sure you know that on July the 24th, right here in Church Hill, over at the Robinson Theater, it's going to be a performance of Bye Bye Birdie. It's a free event, great for the whole family. So check them out, July the 24th, 2.30, over at the Robinson Theater, Spark Summer Stars Touring Ensemble, performing Bye Bye Birdie. This past week, I was out in L.A. spending some time with my dear friend, Kinta, Kinta Turner. She is the owner of the Freedom Factor and their chief freedom officer. She is a transformation and trauma coach, an engineer, a co-author, and a double entrepreneur. She is a domestic violence survivor who has mastered the arts of reclaiming life after trauma, not because she studied it in a classroom, but because she had to do it to live again. At her core, she intrinsically believes in people, especially women, being unapologetically free, free to be magnificent and show up authentically in relationships and communities and corporate spaces. And after 17 years of leading global supply chain teams for Fortune 100 companies across industries, Kinta has fully tapped into her purpose and expertise of facilitating transformational coaching programs that deliver extraordinary outcomes as the owner of The Freedom Factor. She and I sat on the couch and talked about our lives and our and our families and college and marriage and some of the hard, hard, difficult places in our life and our journey through that to healing and to freedom. And it's my pleasure to share that with you and uh, enjoy, enjoy this conversation with myself and Kenta Turner, owner of The Freedom Factor. I have the opportunity today here in Los Angeles, the 40 Lessons podcast has traveled across the country and I am sitting on the couch. Normally we record at a table, but today I sit on the couch here in Los Angeles with my dear friend, sister, Kenta. Yes. Tana. Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the 40 Lessons podcast. Welcome to my couch. <laughs> uh, quick aside, I've been here for a couple days. Yes. This is my bed. We are sitting <laughs> upon your bed right I've, now. I've, 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 I've been here and we've been celebrating a new year in my life, which I, I this is the third time I've come here yes. for my birthday. Yes. So thank you for hosting me. Absolutely. And today actually is my birthday. Today is your happy <laughs> birthday time. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much. Yes. 43. 43. Chapter 43. Yeah, we did it. 43 times around. Just starting with 44. Um, I I think it's always interesting to think about people like you mm-hmm. who are super creative, mm-hmm. who love music. Yes. If we were going to soundtrack, well, not soundtrack. Let's say you are walking out onto the stage. Yes. And there are thousands of people and you are going to talk to the people. I'm okay. Okay. Some some themes, some music's got to play. Some <laughs> intro songs got to play as you walk out. Yes. I know what your hype song is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know I, what your song is. I sit here thinking, "What?" <laughs> your hype song. I don't but I don't know if your hype song is no. the same song to set the room up for you to walk out. So what's I don't think what's so. your what's your theme song? What's the intro? Into to you step down on stage. Wow. I wish you would have allowed me time to actually think about this. Mm-mm. But since you didn't. No. Um, <laughs> I really think it is I'm Every Woman. Which version? Whitney. Whitney. Not Shaka. Mm-mm. Why Wh- Whitney, not Whitney. Shaka? Um, because it's Whitney. You identify more with Whitney than Shaka? I don't know if it's so much that I identify more with her. I've had more life with her. Oh. I've had more life with Whitney than Shaka. Yes. And I think that's just um, just because of when she hit the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the peak of me uh, uncovering the musical side of me. Yeah. 
So maybe I do identify more with her in that aspect. What was that like when you uncovered the musical side of you? Oh, man. That, um, so I had the experience Mm -hmm. of, you know, my mom saying, listen, piano lessons is your portion. Okay, (laughs) this is what's going to happen. But I didn't buck against it because I'm like, oh, it's cool. And I had the absolute privilege of living um, across the street from one of the most brilliant black women mm-hmm. that I have ever encountered in life. Yeah, She was just brilliant in everything that she did was just brilliant. Um, and she happened to be a pianist. Okay. So I would go, I would always just find myself over in her house. Like I would literally just walk in mm-hmm. no matter what her family was doing. And I would just sit at the piano and just like. Just tinker. Yes. Yeah. But she heard something in it. And so she's the one that talked to mom was like, listen, She's got something. Let's do it. Yeah. And so I started with her, but she's the one that helped me indirectly unlock my voice. Because I wasn't singing at the time. Cause I, yeah, because I know you was a singer. That's yeah. that's what I know. But you mm-hmm. were so... Well, how, how old are you when you're starting with her? Mm, let me see. So that was before. That was my transition to sports, which is weird. So it was like in the six-year-old First oh, grade. you're really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kindergarten, first grade. Um, unfortunately, I did not pursue that full out. Okay. Because at, at nine, that's when sports kicked in, and you know I was. That's what you all did. in. Okay, <laughs> all in. Um, but as I look at, there's a true connection in my experience with her, um, and just being around her and learning from her. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that I actually, my voice was unlocked, like yeah. by the time I, I met you, yeah. right? Because before that, I didn't do any singing either. Wait, you didn't sing in high school? No. What? In my hometown, if your last name is not a certain last name, no. you don't get the opportunity ah, to sing. Yeah. Right? So I sing for my family. Like, I legit have family members right now. Mm-hmm. that have no clue as to the musical side of me. Wow. And that was that was such a, a key part of, of, of who we were together. Yes. Um, so choir and church and all these places mm-hmm. and giving expression to what we believed and just the, our musical appreciation. 100%. Um, the car rides, the, the, <laughs> the house parties, like all the, yes. the songs we would just make up. Like that was such a big part of who we were. Yes. And still is. Yes. Um, as was evident as we did take me out to the ball game yesterday. Oh my gosh. It <laughs> With was the key fun. change. It was With incredible. The- <laughs> I so wish that Matthew could have caught that. Because we did it. Yes. We did it well. So let's, all right. So six years old, mm-hmm. piano starts. Let's go back six years. What are your folks doing when you emerge into the earth? What's happening with them? When I got here? When you got here, when you showed up, what were they doing? Uh, my, so my dad was teaching. Mm-hmm. What was he teaching? Uh, he's a, a retired math educator. Okay. So at that time, he was uh, junior high math. Okay. Um, so he was doing that, and mom was working in an administrative capacity for a company that does not exist now, that okay. was local to our area. Would you describe them as middle class, lower middle class? Were you poor? Were you rich? So how, we, what words would you, how would you describe it? I would say um, lower middle class when I popped in. Right, working family. Yeah, we yeah. moved up like the Jeffersons. Uh-oh. We did. We moved up. We moved up. If you ask my parents, they'd be like, uh-uh. No, we did. We moved up. We moved up. And I'm like, we did We did well. Yeah. Um, they they set me up nicely. Um, but yeah, lower middle class when yeah. I arrived on the scene. And just, just the three of you in the household? That's it. Mm. Just us. Mom said, no, you were, that was that good. That was enough. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, we're both only children. I, I say my mother's either saw me and said, I could do no better. <laughs> or, or, I ain't doing that again. Okay. <laughs> yes. Either way, either way, yes. either way. Um, so you emerged with, with two working parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, had either of them gone to college? Yes. So um, dad did the Air Force. Okay. And then came back 
and did college. Mm-hmm. Where do you go to college? Elizabeth City State. Elizabeth City State. Yes, my yeah. entire family went there except for me. Um, and then mom finished up, let me figure this out. While I was in high school, she went back. Oh, okay. Yes, so that was a really cool picture of, on her graduation day, I put on her cap and gown. That's cool. This is a really cool picture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she finished up while I was in high school, so I had the opportunity to see um, her being, excelling in all areas, Mm -hmm. excelling as a mother, excelling as um, a working mother Mm -hmm. with a very active child, right? Yeah. Going back to school and killing it. Yeah. Like she killed it. I even feel like she got a promotion while she was in. um, A promotion at work. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So like she was just killing it all around and I, I had the opportunity to see that mm-hmm. that was good seeds planted in me yeah it was good seeds that 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 were planted in me and as i look back on like while i was going through it i was like man this is incredible like you are the bomb.com I'm, even though that wasn't out with it um but it wasn't out yet. <laughs> went out yet but like just to watch her um still be present for all of my activities because mm-hmm. like i was Children are full-time jobs anyway. Right. But I was like executive level full-time <laughs> job. So pr- by the time you hit, so you said sixth grade was the music unlocking exposure with piano. Six years old. Six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so as young as, you said a couple years later is when the sports. Nine. So nine. At right. nine, and full out. Third, what were we at? Third grade, fourth grade? Uh, sixth grade, seventh. Yes. Third, Yeah. Is that right? Like third or fourth grade. Yeah. Third, I think it was the summer going into fourth grade. Okay. So yeah. my guess is your work ethic had already kind of been established. So if if your mom is the one, so dad's going to work every day, plus mom is going to work and being mom and taking care of you, like mm-hmm. your, your work ethic is being set up and modeled pretty early on. And very intentionally. Okay. They were very intentional. I always like to celebrate my parents for providing, um, for being very intentional mm-hmm. about how they raised me. Okay. So if you think about it from rural Eastern North Carolina, mm-hmm. right, but had the presence of Elizabeth City State there. So right. I literally grew, even though I didn't go to in HBCU, I grew up on the campus. Hmm. Like education for me started on the campus in their lab school. Hmm. So they surrounded me with some of the most incredibly gifted black women that has ever been created by God. Yeah. From the beginning. So you're you were submerged in black excellence just from the beginning. Right, right from the beginning. From the beginning. So I always had I didn't just have my mom, right? Mm -hmm. I always had other images, like people that I could touch and spend time with Mm -hmm. of of black excellence. So not even just black women. My godfather um, is now the, I always get his title wrong. He is the the secretary of the treasury for the state of North Carolina. I know I just said that wrong, but he's that guy, right? But he was, one of the chief counsel for um, the regional NAACP. Mm-hmm. So at three and four, I'm just hanging around his uh, law office. Yeah. Right? And and what I know now, I didn't know then, all of these people of influence were making like dis- policy decisions all around mm. me. And I'm just sitting there soaking <laughs> it all in. Yeah. Like, Intentional about being there. I, I asked to go there, mm-hmm. right? But that was planted in me yeah. early, right? Um, so, yeah. So so they were very intentional about who I was around, the experiences that I had. At eight years old, I had a conversation with Alex Haley. Seriously? Yes. Wow. I had a conversation what with... Did you, what, did, what, what did you and Alex Haley talk about? We talked about my name, Kimta. I'm named from Roots. Huh. My parents watched Roots. Right. That's where Kenta came from. Okay. And so he was, because um, at the university, 
they have Lyceum programs. Mm-hmm. So all these people, um, Dr. Alvin Poussant had a conversation with him. Yolanda King had a con- Atala uh, Shabazz. All of these people before 10 years old, I had conversations with them. Wow. They knew my name. It wasn't just a, hi, can you sign this? No, like we legit sat down and we had conversations. Mm. My parents did that for me. Wow. And so I very truly believe that the adventures of life that (laughs) I'm on, like me even being here, being 3,000 miles away from any member of my family, right? Well, except the people. Uh, I have family in the Midwest. But like my mom and dad, right? right? Um, The bulk of my family on the East Coast. I had the capacity to even visualize that and live it out because of experiences that my parents provided for me Mm -hmm. intentionally. And so when I see some of my friends, Mm -hmm. right? And some of the ways that they shield or shelter and don't cultivate like something that you, you know, it kind of, it irks me. Cause I'm like, oh, the possibilities of, right? Because I saw what my parents did for me as an only child from rural Eastern North Carolina. My trajectory to be here in LA doing it well, like. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't, that's just not normal. I I try to, I think about the things that I do for my my, my daughter. and it's 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 rewarding and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. She's ten. Uh-huh. And she has a horrible memory. <laughs> and I'll say, "Do you remember when I took you to this place?" Yes. No. Do you remember? So I was, well, I was like, "Please remember that I did." <laughs> so I'm hoping later. Yes, that think, it'll <laughs> just come back I'm magically. Hoping, I'm hoping. Um, it does matter. It matters what you see, where yes. you go, um, who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's our jobs as as parents, as the village. Mm-hmm. Our, our words matter. The conversations matter. Yes. And when we can bring in these models and examples mm-hmm. and put them in front of our children. Absolutely. Um, these are seeds that we're sowing them. And hopefully, you know, maybe not, you know, immediately, but maybe years later, they can right. see and expose themselves because of yes. that moment and decide, okay, this is what I want to venture into because it was modeled. And now that seed. Yes, absolutely. What was your first sport? Where'd you start? Basketball. Basketball. What position? Point guard. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You you are a leader. Yeah. Um, do you remember your first tryout? Do you remember making a team? Did you make the team the first time? This is the thing. So let me let me set this, <laughs> let me set this up for you. And I'm thinking about point guard. Yes, I played. Who was on my team? Was she on my team? I'm I don't know if she was on was the team. Was Holly on my team? Maybe she's Holly the, was. I don't she's know. the point guard. But this is the thing. I played all five positions. Mm-hmm. So let me set this up for you. So I'm. Taller. I'm taller now. <laughs> right. Then. So when I told mom, um, I was like, mom, I want to play basketball. She laughed. Really? She was like, what? You're no bigger than a basketball. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but I come from a sports family, have a, a lot of um, cousins that played on the collegiate level and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And. I mean, I had the opportunity to play overseas to represent like the United States and play overseas. Um, so it grew into that, mm-hmm. even though my mom laughed at me. But um, <laughs> so let me see. I started at nine um, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I have never had to try out for a team. Ever. How'd you, right, so I've never had was to your, try. I'm just thinking. I'm was your first team, was it like a rec league? It was rec league. Okay. Rec League made all-star team the first season. Yeah. And, like, from there, I, I like, I'm legit thinking from even in, in middle school. No. High school? I didn't have to try out. Were you? The coach came to the middle school. High school coach. High school coach, yeah. I, I had a spot. Like, I showed up and everything, but sure. I had a spot. Yeah. In all of my – the only team – I didn't even really try. Oh, I tried out, but – for volleyball. So I was so good at basketball and softball. They mm-hmm. were like, well, why don't you just try this? <laughs> just to see. Just, just to, to see. see what happens. And then I, I'm 
selected to be captain and MVP and like all these things. So I'm not saying that to brag or boast at all. What I'm saying is um, I believe that's connected to not only just natural giftings Mm -hmm. that I have, but in everything that I do, I kill it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my starting, like in my mind, you're, That's you're, where I start anyway. Right. You already see yourself that way. I already see myself that way. So when I fall short of being, if there is some sort of ranking, number one or, mm-hmm. or in the top, whatever, then then I feel like I've done myself a disservice because I didn't show up the way that I know, that I have for the, the totality of my life to present. Right. Um, and I feel like I've done a disservice to anyone who has poured something in me. How do you balance then if you know that you are good enough to be the top? Mm-hmm. You're a part of a team. So none of these are individual sports. Like I was a runner. Mm-hmm. And so as an individual cross country runner, yes, I had the, you know, the. You controlled team. it. I, well, it was, there was team, mm-hmm. right? But like me as an individual, right. I had to run and perform. The team score mattered. Right. But you, there are four other people. Right. So you're always part of, what every sport you did, you're always part of a team. I was team. always a part so of So how did you balance trying to be your best, but also being a leader on your team, especially when you guys lose? Right. So for me, and you know I don't, I don't do losing. <laughs> I am such a competitor. You, you are, in all things, I, a I, competitor. I am. And checkers. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tic-tac-toe. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> like, I am the person that showed up at the corporate bowling event without my ball, without my shoes, mm-hmm. because I said I was working on myself. I'm like, you know what? This is for fun, Kenta. <laughs> and you're going to be okay with this being for fun. Uh, quick aside, she had her own shoes and ball for bowling. Because I bowled in the league. Stop playing. <laughs> it's all competition. Just the number of things. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So I didn't have that. Okay. But this is intentional. Yes. This is going to be fun for you, Kenta. <laughs> and you're going to be okay. Did it work? No, it absolutely did not. So so that means that I have to use a house ball and house shoes. Yes, you do. I don't do that. No. Okay. So <laughs> so I we get through the first frame. I scratch. We get through the second frame, I scratch. I turned around to everyone who was assigned to my lane and said, I will be right back. I walked up the steps uh-huh. to the pro shop and said, how quickly can you drill me a ball? They said, I can drill it for you on the spot. What do you need? I was like, just a slight hook. We went through it. I showed them. <laughs> they paused the game until I got back. They drilled you a ball. And then I killed everybody. Because <laughs> now you have the ball you need. Because I have what, right? Yeah. So... As much as I try to dial down <laughs> competition, sure. uh, in some instances, it just, I have, I, I need this. So right? what, but you, but you've lost, like you, you're. I have lost. I've you're, you're absolutely te- like lost. You're, in particular, I'm thinking about you and community as a leader mm-hmm. around people that might not share your ethic, might not share your drive. Right. Might not have your talent. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, you still have to carry and support. You do. And I've been in. Hmm. Many situations where I have literally had to carry the whole thing. Sure. Right. Uh, because there was such a gap. Yep. Or I have had to I've, I've really learned um, that it's much easier to identify the people that want mm-hmm. to be greater. Yep. That really want to compete at that level. Yeah. Um, even the ones that may not have. Uh, all of the tools to be able to be what we're aspiring, but you have the heart. Mm-hmm. I can work with you. Okay. I can work with you. Um, my struggle is the ones that you just give me a whole bunch of lip service and you really don't, you want me to carry you. Sure. And so I used to get stuck pouring all of my energy into them because I want you to be right. Right. I've learned through the art of leadership (laughs) that you pour your energy into the ones that are going to receive it. The ones who want it. The ones who want it. The ones who have the drive. And like I said, they may not have all of the tools, but they have heart. Mm -hmm. They're going to show up. They're going to give it their best. 
I'm going to spend my time with you. So why you did you do store? You did. Were you an athlete at at state? No. So my I didn't think you were. I only did club sports there. Yeah. Now I did. I did. Yeah. Get to college and have to try out for, for something. I did try out for that. I was going to do volleyball. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, I was like all in. I was talking to coaches and. Mm-hmm. and but then I backed off, and I'm I'm glad I, that would have totally messed up my engineering experience. I don't think I could have done both. It's hard. I I looked at so I looked at our friends who were you know getting up early five six in the morning mm-hmm. going to practice and then coming to class and yeah. class was done and they were going back and I was like that is yeah <clears throat> that was not the life right that I wanted. it was enough trying to keep up with ministry. Oh my gosh! We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So high school. Yes. You are athlete. Yes. Good athlete. Yes. Um, you are playing, looks like, three sports. Mm-hmm. Back to back, um, nonstop. Academically? Scholar. Okay. Top 10% no of the No music? Class. No music. Are you dating? Yes. Only the top athletes from the <laughs> surrounding counties. Wait, not in your high school? No. No one in your high school? I'm just trying to think who's listening to this. <laughs> Who can help me with these facts? Um, no, it was always someone around. Oh, that person wasn't an athlete. Well, that was that doesn't count. Yes, surrounding areas. So, and this is this is in Elizabeth City. Mm-hmm. I want to say proper. Mm-hmm. The one thing I learned about any of you that I met from places in North Carolina there is a there's a county kind of relationship yes right and yes. so very much like if you were you know with family in New York or Philly or any place I've lived in, in Jersey mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me you can get really centered in just in just your area yes you know and so my high school you know my graduating class was almost 400 mm-hmm. and so it was a pretty you know pretty big school mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have regional identification you I'm from this city. And that's it. And that's and that's kind of it. But there were I am from so and so county. Yes. Sometimes because the place was so small. Because it was so small. But see, that's what you get. Right. For but, North but Carolina. It sounds like I probably one because of sports kind of competing more regionally. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would actually date people not just in Elizabeth City, but in places around right. Elizabeth City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Elizabeth City is like and it really is just like a a country town, but still, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, it it's the biggest city, mm-hmm. and I'm they can't see what I'm doing. She's doing quotes, quotes. Um, <laughs> in the area. Okay, yeah, everything else is straight county. Yeah, why NC State? They gave me the most money. Okay, straight up. So that was academic scholarship mm-hmm. for you. Okay, yep, they gave me the most money. Um, what well, so NC State was an option? What were your other options. A and T. Uh huh. Um, my mother made me apply to Elizabeth City State. Sure. Um, Anything outside of uh, outside of the state? No, I really wanted to go to Hampton or Howard. Okay. And my parents said, uh, "Out of state tuition. Uh, these scholarships over here look better." No. <laughs> okay. That was a Not long a- conversation. I wanted to go to Howard so bad. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No. 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 So. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to do engineering, mm-hmm. so it it had to be. Right. Yeah. Do you remember when we met? I don't. I, I Let re- me, let's see. Hold on. I so I know it was, so I always used to see you. Okay. I knew you were that guy, right? <laughs> oh, that dude. Okay. Um, and then I didn't start seriously going to the fellowship until I think 96. So I started in 95 in fall mm-hmm. of 95. So it wasn't until spring of 96 that I got really serious. Got everything out of my system in fall. Right. <laughs> in the fall. Um, now, all right. So let's, for those people who don't understand the language, um, getting everything out of your system means you kind of wild out. Yeah. Like you're a churchy, churchy kind of faith person. Yes. You get to college. You decide, nope. Let's do this. I'm going to go ahead and get it in. <laughs> you turn up. Then you find Jesus again. Yes. <laughs> It's like, and you, okay. and you don't turn up as much. You don't turn up as much. Or in the same ways. You still turn up. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So we had a, 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 a college Christian fellowship. Yes. And we met. They, so, you, so you think that's where we. Where yes. We 
it wasn't, I have a feeling that probably our first conversation was on the brickyard. I always saw you on the brickyard. You were always going into the, um, I don't even know what that place is called now, where the Chick-fil-A was. It's not even there anymore. Um, So I used to always see you in there. Um, Obviously identified you from playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think probably our friendship was established. It might have been at one of those cereal parties that Kishi used to have. Ah. Oh yes. So our <laughs> uh, God, my, how long have we been talking? We go, I don't know. We go, all right, we're good. Okay. We're good. This this is a long form podcast. Okay. Uh long form episode. We our our way to build community uh-huh. um was to so I guess I don't know if we had I don't know if we did a cereal party before no, because I'm ahead of you. Uh-huh. So, because they were at my apartment. We did it in my apartment, and I don't know where else we did them. I, I went to one at Keisha's. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we would just literally eat cereal. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> BYOC. BYOC. Yes. It was just an excuse to bring people together. Uh-huh. But they kind of didn't stop. Like, they just kind of kept going. Yeah. And then you just fell asleep. Right. And then, And then... But then you'd wake up and yes. then you'd eat cereal. Again. Again. <laughs> it would actually be appropriate yes, to eat appropriate cereal at that, point. Yes. at that point. Um, yes. Yeah, so that, that makes sense. I I remember um you and our community of, of friends. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm I'm two or three years. I'm two hit I think I'm two ahead two. of you. Mm-hmm. So I because I graduated and stayed, yes. I was still around. And so our fellowship still existed. And so there were alumni coming back to our Christian fellowship. So mm-hmm. I was still a part of that. Still mentoring students on campus, That's still right. around, and so we were still in relationship with each other. Yep. Um, and then it it as these these communities do, mm-hmm. people fall off, things change. Yes. But we got we got knit together. Yes. Um, I, in many respects, we're kind of the same person. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so we we are. So we we both have the engineering thing. Yes. Um, we both have the art mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so, and then we have all the other stuff. And right. so we're both used to being in that kind of variety yep. and living in each part of, part of ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so you stay, you yes. stay in, and I stay yes. in the greater Raleigh area. Yes. Um, do you remember? Uh-oh. I remember this. Let's see if you remember this. So I graduated in 97. Mm-hmm. 96 December was the beginning when it we was, went to charlotte no no oh. i'm not I'm, I'm turning i'm not even talking about that oh it was the beginning of our people marrying each other oh my god so yes. we had a we had a run of oh man engagements and weddings yes. in series yes so i i think mike and tiny might have been first that was an early one but like every month yeah there was an engagement variance and then and every- yeah and then it kind of a little bit after that then Every month, mm-hmm. there was a wedding. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to date very unsuccessfully. Uh, help us. Help us. <laughs> still. Anyway, <laughs> it's not about me. Um, <laughs> but I remember this pressure. Mm-hmm. This pressure. And some of it was because it was a very a very particular Christian community and a very yes. particular view of marriage. That's a very we were good so way to young. it up. Gosh, mm-hmm. we were so young. Mm-hmm. And and our friends were getting married. Yes. Um. And and I don't and I just felt pressure mm-hmm. that that's what I'm supposed to do, yes. even though I'm not prepared for it. Right, right. And don't at all have the relational skills. Mm-hmm. Probably not even the desire. I just I felt pressure, right. to do that, and it messed up my dating yes. relationships because it was like, is that is that what we're supposed to do? Right. I, I don't want to. Do you want to? I don't want to either. What everybody else is doing it. Right. You feel feel did like you, you have. Did to. you feel that pressure? I did. Yeah. You, you, in turn, got married. I did. I think that, I don't think, let me stop. I know that that was a huge part yeah. of why I did it when I did. Yeah. How old were you? 20, wait a minute, let me see. 24. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Way too young. Yeah. Way too young. And, I, and I'm not saying that generalizing like everyone that I meet now, oh, you, no, it's too young. But what I after my experience, I did pull all of my girls together and said, what you're not going to do <laughs> is get married before 28. Okay. 
And what, why 28? I felt, I, I looked at my experience, um, not just that, but just experience with life. Mm-hmm. And 28, like 28, 29, before 30, there's something that happens. Like it's the first of the major shifts that as a woman you experience mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what you like, what you want, what you want to do, right? What mm-hmm. you want to use your 30s for, yep. right? 20s, you, you're exploring, you did college. Um, you can have different experiences that may or may not turn out, but that's fine because in the 30s, that's kind of like I'm really I'm putting my stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Um, and I just felt like anything before that, especially knowing my friends intimately, no, you're not ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I I thought I, I thought I was ready at 30. Yes, mm-hmm. you still wasn't. I wasn't ready. And yeah. and and I, because life has happened, and because I've been fortunate enough to learn yes. from the worst moments and some of these best moments, I'm I'm a better human now. Yes. In my 40s, and I ever was in my in my 30s. Mm-hmm. You get married. Um, and marriage does not go as intended. Absolutely. In many not. ways. In many in, ways. In many, many ways. In many ways. Um, I, knowing who you are now. Yes. And, and, um, and how you've used um, all these experiences to, to, to give you this great gift to give to others. Yes. Um, I know it didn't seem like a gift. Right. <laughs> when, you were, when you were getting it. Um, was there anything good about your marriage yes there were good moments yeah there were good moments so i i because I, I, i'm so clear about the stuff that was bad right but i i believe and i've learned this for sure mm-hmm. is one of the things that like like oprah says what i know for sure yeah is that you can find victory in every situation mm-hmm. and i'm not i don't know that because she said it I don't know it because I read it in a book. I know it because I experienced it mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. Right? It's connected to who I am today. It's connected to the fact that I'm in my right mind. I have my sanity. Like all of these things. I know that you can find victory in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some good moments. Yeah. There were some good moments. It's unfortunate that the outcome was so traumatic. Yeah. That it kind of overshadows that. Mm-hmm. But there were some good moments. Yeah. When you look at, so the, the first time you and I had a conversation about the abuse that was happening mm-hmm. in, your, um, in your marriage, um, and I don't know if this was, you wrote me, was this after I visited with my ex-wife? We spent some time with you all, because we came and stayed with you all, and I don't know if it was after. So let me, let me pause you for this. So one of the results of the trauma that I experienced mm. is I don't remember some things. Oh. So you might have to, I don't remember you all coming. Yeah. And it was, and it was just, it wasn't anything special. It was just us. Were we visiting. at the house? Yes. Yes. You were at the house. Okay. Um, and so time passes uh-huh. and, and you write me and uh-huh. this is you really um, just, you gave it all. Okay. Like this is every. This is what you missed. Uh huh. Uh, I I didn't being around you. Uh huh. I didn't see it. Uh huh. I didn't pick up on it. Mm hmm. Um. And so I hit it very well. When I got it. Uh huh. I was devastated. Yeah. Um. I was angry. Mm hmm. Uh, I was angry because I didn't know. Mm hmm. I was angry because it was happening. Yep. And I was I was devastated that you were experiencing that. Mm hmm. Um. I was mad at him. Uh huh. Um. I was mad at my other brothers that we just, how does this happen uh-huh. to our to our sister? Um, how does this happen to community? Because you were in community. You weren't isolated by yourself. You Mm-mm. were in community of friends and family and church and all these things. Yeah. And yet still. This th- is what happened. This is what was happening. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Do you, you still have what I wrote to you? I don't know. That's a good question. It's You probably said it to the Hotmail account that doesn't exist anymore. Um I don't know. I'd have to see if I see if, if I you have can that. find it. I would love to include that in some of my writings. When you look at, so you had to. I see your. This is escape. Like you had to get out of that. And um, where where did you go? Like, do you remember 
that first place that was all right, I feel safe. Uh-huh. I feel like I can I can start this long process cuz this was this was emotional, this was physical. There were so many things happening. So many things, yeah. What do you remember the place that was the the beginning of your journey towards towards getting, healing? Getting out. Yeah. I do. So, I was this had to have been in August mm-hmm. of 2005 yeah August of 2005 I think it was 2005 Mm -hmm. um at that point I had these awful um headaches Mm -hmm. this head pain that I it just it was a part of my existence Mm -hmm. so they had prescribed like narcotics for me so I literally was on something to get me to sleep, something to wake me up, and something to keep me up. So I'm mm. on, I remember. You medicated all day? All day. There was just all these colorful pills that I had to take um, because I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. Internal pain, mm-hmm. right, that was manifesting physically. So I went to my doctor. I did not want to tell my doctor because I knew she was obligated to report. Mm -hmm. So um, I went to her and I needed my prescription filled, Mm -hmm. right? And so she was like, we had a conversation and then she was just like, okay, until you tell me what's going on. No refill. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my God. Like at this point, like a, you know, a junkie, like I need this to live, mm. right? So I talked to her, and um, she said, "Okay, I won't. Just tell me. Just forget the legal stuff. Just tell me what's going on." So I told her the catalyst for all this pain and things. Mm-hmm. And this is this little petite white woman, incredible. Um, she was my primary care physician going through a divorce herself, mm-hmm. two young boys. But she looked at me and she said, I'm going to give you two options. And I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't know where we're going with this. But she said, um, either you're coming home with me mm. or I'm going to write you a prescription or a script to Holly Hill. Do you remember what Holly yes. Hill was? Holly Hill's the mental ward, yeah. right? She said, "One of the, you're going to be safe. I'm going to make sure that you're safe. Mm. Either you're coming with me or that's where you're going. Yeah. And those, that's, that's it. And in that moment, I mean, it, it was obviously seconds before I responded to her. But in that moment, I saw every good thing that I had ever done. My parents flashed in front of Like it was literally one of those moments, mm-hmm. something you read in a book. I experienced that. And I told her, I said, you know what? I can't impose on you. you you've got your own thing and it's whatever. Um, and she's, you know, pushing back. Obviously, mm-hmm. no, I need you to do this. I'm like, I have somewhere I can go mm-hmm. that he doesn't know where it is. Mm-hmm. There was literally one place I could go. And that was Tika had just gotten a new apartment. Mm. So um, I called her from the office. Mm-hmm. I had a bag packed Mm. already. So um, when we came out here to do ministry, so incredible how things come full circle. Out here to L.A. Out here to L.A. I met one of the sisters that was at um, Pastor Lonnie's Fellowship. Yeah. Lisa. Yeah. She was one of the instrumental forces Mm -hmm. in getting me out in making sure that I actually lived the escape. Yeah. She was always on call, her and her Puerto Rican sisters, mm. with their bats in hand. Yeah, ready. Whatever we got to do. <laughs> ready. Okay? Yeah. Um, but um, I forgot what, I don't know how I tied Lisa into this. But anyway, um, oh, she would always give me like safe codes and, and words and things like that I could use. Um. And one of the things that she had me do was pack a bag. Yeah. 
keep that with me. And it was next to my bowling stuff <laughs> in, <laughs> in my trunk. Um, and so I told Dr. Cross, I was like, I already have, I have the bag, you know, I can just go there. So I didn't go back to the house. I didn't go back. I established residence there mm -hmm. with Tika, kept in contact with my doctor. Um, and she literally walked this out with me. Yeah. But it was only, a, it wasn't even a month after being there when all of the health stuff mm -hmm. started, right? So I was there, it was a Sunday night, and um, I wasn't feeling that great, but it's like, whatever, sure. I've been through a lot. So I was in the bathroom and I was wrapping my hair and the comb fell out of my hand. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever, this is weird, but I'm bent over and pick it up. And when I bent over to pick it up, I kept going, I couldn't stop myself. Okay, something is wrong. So at this point, I'm wedged in between like the toilet and the bathtub. Uh, Tika's like, you okay in there? I'm, like, I'm good. I don't know what's going on mm -hmm. at this point. But I know I don't want to alarm anybody and it's whatever. So I pulled myself up onto um, the toilet to sit there to try to get myself together. Was able to get myself together enough to get out to the living room. And she's like, what's going on with mm -hmm. you i'm getting ready to call 911 because something's not right nope i'm good whatever went to sleep got up the next morning at that point i was working at the body shop way yeah, out yeah. off of capital yep. right <sighs> silly me trying to be strong i drove i can't i'm so dizzy i can barely see in front of me mm. um but something said you need to call your doctor yeah. i called and she was like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm driving to work and I mean, she unloaded on me. She was like, oh my, I can't believe like, no, how close are you? Very close. She said, when you get there, get somebody to put you in the car and bring you to me right away. Mm -hmm. Got there. They ran tests. She called other doctors in. They were like pulling out big manuals and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? By the end of that day, I couldn't walk. Mm totally lost my ability to walk mm -hmm. so it was um what was the diagnosis uh acute viral labyrinthitis with severe vertigo so my balance nerves had basically short-circuited mm -hmm. from the head trauma from all of the trauma mm -hmm. um and for whatever reason my body my body has a delayed reaction to things mm -hmm. so for the next Three months, I literally had to go to therapy to be taught to walk again. Mm. So that was the beginning of my um, transition to normal. Yeah. Right? Um, I couldn't walk into, well, once they actually got me to the point where I was walking again, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't go into big spaces like Walmart or somewhere like that because my eyes at that point weren't they weren't set. it was almost like a newborn baby you like know how their eyes quite right i couldn't yeah. because my eyes were doing so much yeah. trying to take everything in so for a long time um once i actually got to the point where i could even go in there um because at one point they had to put me in the the thing you have to the little cart right mm -hmm. i i literally the shopping cart was the only thing that was holding me up mm. And I couldn't do long trips, but I was, that was me trying to literally willing myself back to a normal life. Yeah. Um, I can still, when I walk into a place today within 10 seconds, I can tell you every way to get out. Mm. That just became a part of life for me. Mm -hmm. um, but that was it's like hard. when I made the turn to, yeah. yeah, when I finally got out um then all of that happened and then a couple of years later i had another major episode that landed me i was on 1800 milligrams of neurontin a day mm. because of the head pain yeah right um was able to thank god come down off of that um but yeah i i have been 
in my uh, attempts to live again, mm-hmm. right? I've had to master the art of reclaiming life. Yeah. By hook or by crook, I yeah. had to do it. Um, I could have easily resolved that this is it. This is this is where life has landed me, mm-hmm. and this is going to be it. But I, I, okay. I guess, in some respect, the 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 part of you where the seeds were sown mm-hmm. so young uh-huh. of you can be this great athlete. You've got these great role models. Mm-hmm. Um, and life does what life does. Yes. And you're in the place you didn't expect. And, right. Um, this happened to you. This is anything. This is nothing you did. Right. You, who knows if you could have seen any sign right. before. You probably could now because you'd ask different questions. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Going into it, there was nothing in your 20 some years by the time you entered into this relationship that right. could have helped you. And then it it gets sparked again. And one of the things that happens when we are in the, the lowest places in our lives, mm-hmm. whether that is from abuse, right. trauma, right. depression, anxiety, any mm-hmm. of the things that, that you and I have lived through, we lose ourselves. Yes. And all the greatness of who we are and our vision and all the things that we that we lean on every day yep. to do the things that we do, to be who we are in this world, you lose it. You lose it. You lose it. And some some person, there's some moment mm-hmm. where someone reminds you, this is who you are. That's it. That's it. And what's happening, it costs too much. Mm-hmm. And, and you've lost yourself. So mm-hmm. let's let's turn. Mm-hmm. And maybe not, and may, you might not turn in that moment, but if it's said enough. Right. If it's said enough. And it takes a, root. And there's enough love mm-hmm. and there's enough compassion from that person or from those group of people, then life just, it, it gets it gets brought out of you right. again. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It is. It's hard. But without community, without people, yeah. without your doctor, right? without the many of you that surrounded me in my lowest moment, mm-hmm. all four of you, uh-huh. <laughs> all four of us. Um, there's no way. There's no way. Mm-mm. And our, our more recent conversations about mental health, just given yeah. uh, the number of people who have taken their own life, yes, um, which has kind of pushed us to have a, a, a different more broader conversation, I think, yes. about, about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you bring that back to something as common as depression. Right. And the impact it have on our on our lives. Yes. Someone, like talk to someone, connect with someone Somebody. because mm-hmm. that can be that, that, that pathway. Yes. To start to bring you out just like it did, just like it did for us. Absolutely, absolutely. And something that I read recently, I think it... Um, something that the, the World Health Organization published mm-hmm. last year, 2017. Um, depression is uh, the number one, uh, I guess, catalyst for mm-hmm. ill health now. Mm-hmm. So it's not stroke, it's not heart disease, it's, not, it's, it's depression. Yeah. Depression is leading to all of these other things. Yeah. And so I wish that, and and and, Especially recently, the conversation, like you said, has become more intentional. Um, people are realizing, especially with this run of recent celebrities that we've had that have taken their lives, right? Um, but I wish that people would really, really spend time with this mm-hmm. um, and normalize it for where they are in life. And when I say normalize it, I mean be able to look at it through the filter of people that they're around on an everyday normal basis, mm-hmm. right? So that you can see the signs, so that you can extend grace, yeah. so that you can be compassionate, just so you can show up, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for those of us, and you can identify with this, uh, the strong people, we need help too. Yeah. We need help. The appearance of strength can be deadly. Mm-hmm. Don't take that because that's probably going to be the name of one of my books. Okay, Get, right, noted. Noted. Um, <laughs> but it's real. Yeah. Right. And 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 that was a part of what I experienced. 
I was always the one, what, fighting for everybody else. Mm-hmm. If people had issues, whose doorstep you're on, you're on mine. Yeah. And none of you all had any idea mm-hmm. what I was going through. Right. Literally fighting for my life. Yes. You didn't know. Yeah. And that's, um, I, I had one person who it took a long time for them to even talk to me again. Of course, now it, it now I know why, but then I was just like, oh, this person has completely abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that. It was that he felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. That he was physically so close to me, but not close enough in the spirit to be able to capture what was going mm-hmm. on. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. I, I always try to bring... Um, some hope to this to these conversations for people yeah <clears throat> excuse me these are these are our stories these are our these are our, our, our lessons and yes um we're still learning yes uh we're still growing we're still um trying to figure a lot of this out um i, I wonder um and i i want to have a whole other conversation we're going to do this in two parts yes so this we're going to we're going to Finish this one. We're going to do a whole nother segment because I want to talk about some of your more recent work mm-hmm. um, and things you're doing for people. But to, to end this conversation, um, if you think about the, the moment where you are today mm-hmm. and this long journey yes. to get from where you were to here, if someone is in a, in a journey where they're they're in the middle of it. Like mm-hmm. they, they step forward. Right. And mm-hmm. so they, they're not where they were, but yes. where they're trying to go just seems distant. Mm-hmm. What, what sustains someone like you mm-hmm. on that kind of journey? What can sustain someone else so they can kind of maintain some, some hope and keep, and keep going. Learn to live within the moments that are just right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I literally learn to live my life 10 minutes at a time. I couldn't get beyond for a long time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get beyond because it was too much. I literally started over again. Yeah. And it was too much. And I had to learn. And I felt like I learned that I, it might have been in a therapy session mm-hmm. or something. But literally when people say, oh, you live from moment to moment. I did that mm-hmm. in 10 minute blocks. Yeah. Now think about this. I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. Since all of that, got two more degrees, including a master's degree, all these things. So. I'm a pretty bright person, pretty, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. But I was living my life in 10-minute chunks. Mm. And I allowed myself the grace to be able to live that way. Mm-hmm. Hoping that it was going to get better. Mm-hmm. Celebrating the small wins, mm-hmm. whatever that looked like. Mm-hmm. And then those 10 minutes grew to 20. Then I could do this hour. And then I was living day to day, yeah. which was a huge win for me at the time. But those are small wins, yeah. right? Going from those 10-minute windows to the life that I live now, that was com- this. I never imagined living the life. And like you said, we don't have it all figured out. But all is well. Like, it's yeah. well, right? So just allow yourself the grace to, you can see big picture, and that's great. Allow yourself to grace to just win in these moments, these moments right here. Yeah. Because it might be too much for you to think about tomorrow. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And don't allow anyone to, to tell you that it's not. It's okay. 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. 20 minutes at a time. Then you work your way up to 24 hours. Then this week, right? And there's so much that you can learn about yourself mm-hmm. when you just when you just focused on I'm just I'm going to be the best me for these next ten minutes. I like it. Yeah. Focus on points. Focus on points. The ones that are in front of you. That are right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, this is our Forty Lessons podcast episode special LA episode with Kim Turner. Yes. Um, we're going to talk some more, so we'll do, we'll have another conversation, but thank you yes. for sharing a little bit of your, of your life with us. Thank you for allowing me to do it on your birthday. It is my birthday. It is your birthday. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes.
Thanks once again to Kenta Turner for jumping in and being a part of the 40 Lessons podcast. You'll get to hear more about her and the work she's doing specifically with the Freedom Factor as part of our next episode. So come back and check that out. I always appreciate your feedback, your comments. Email me, Todd at ToddBWaldo.com. Please, please take care of yourself. Let's make sure that we are taking care of each other.